podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So I've just come to edit this video and realised that me and James basically just rambled on about Villa and didn't actually talk about the whole game too much in this preview. So obviously it's titled the Ipswich preview, so I'm going to take a little clip from Dan and Chris in the podcast studio, which will be at the end of mine and James's chat. We just talked for 20, 25 minutes about about Villa in general, our recent form, Dean Smith, the fans, players, all sorts of different topics we talked about. We didn't talk about starting 11 or a prediction or anything. We usually talk about the location that we were shooting in. We actually ran out of time <laughs> to, uh, to finish all that. So by the time we'd got to the half an hour mark of recording, we realised oh, we've actually not talked about it, which at all. So there'll be a little bit at the end from Dan and Chris, but enjoy me and James just talking about Villa and, and having a, a general catch-up about about what's going on at the moment. What are you thinking about this game Saturday, 3pm kickoff? Paul Lambert returns to Villa Park. Um, I'm positive. Yeah. I think you have to be when you're facing a team that is kind of occupying the bottom slot of the championship table, but you can't take anything for granted. We know that now. Yeah. Uh, we got trashed 3-0 by Wigan, knocked out the FA Cup, drew 2-2 with QPR. So yeah, we can't take anything for granted. Um, positive job, um, play attacking football dominate the match and just be patient and get the goals we need to win that yeah. game. I think we can win it, definitely. Yeah, without risk of doing what I did in the Wigan match preview, I basically said queue up Villa to lose 2-0 now. Cause it's one of those games, again, where you look at it and go, bottom of the league, seven points adrift. Villa should be winning this game, but we know that football doesn't work like that. But, again, I'll say it, we should be winning this game. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to go up automatically or qualify yeah. for the playoffs or at least finish top 10 you got to beat the teams that are under you and Ipswich unfortunately are under us and that's not again not saying how great we are because we, we haven't been great but we have to perform well we have to beat Ipswich and we have to show the championship kind of what we're made of again yeah. because we have went off the board and I mean people laughed me and you off for saying we might lose to Wigan yeah. and we'll, we'll drop points against Hull those two things actually happened um, so we can't. I'm not proud of that. No, I'm not proud of that. But those things happen. These situations, I can't believe we're going through the motions again of saying, you know, that we're invincible because we're not. We're not this massive team that beats every single club. There are, there, there are teams in this league that are doing that, and we need yeah. to follow their lead and do just that. Let's talk about Paul Lambert a little bit. Then, what, what did you make of him as a manager since since leaving Aston Villa? He's probably taken the worst possible <laughs> jobs that he could have taken, like Blackburn. Wolves. Yeah, Blackburn under Venkis was a dodgy one. Wolves is probably that was an all right opportunity, but he didn't get along with a new direction. Uh, more for him for how that turned out, I guess. Um, Stoke, <laughs> no yeah, idea how he that. thought that was going to ha- work out. Um, and Ipswich, you know, Ipswich at the time when he joined, I was thinking, what are you doing? But it's clear that there's you know a rebuilding process there, yeah. and it probably involves him. He said he'll stay if they go down. They probably are going down. Yeah. Um, wish him all the best um, I think he left Villa under quite a cloud and we thought when he was sacked after we lost to Hall that time um, we all thought oh it can only get better from here yeah. and it it didn't yeah. it really didn't and so I think we can use hindsight to look at his time at Villa and say it was probably wasn't as bad as what we've come to accept but I wish him all the best uh, hopefully not against Villa I mean he's going to be looking at this game because he wants to prove Villa wrong every time, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, naturally. And so I hope we, we can Ipswich, but best of luck to him for the, the rest of the championship, the championship season because they're going to need it. Despite where Ipswich are, they're fairly positive. They've just won as well, haven't they, the last game? Yeah, um, they beat Rotherham. I don't know if it was this week or last, but they definitely picked up three points. Yeah. No, they lost to Blackburn. 
Okay. Um, last time out, Paul Lambert actually paid for the uh, travel. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so this, the, you know, the fans are backing him. They're showing him massive support, and that's all they can do, really. Yeah. So, you know, maybe they see this as a free hit. They're going up against a team that probably should beat them. But stranger things do happen, yeah. and Villa probably aren't in the strongest position right now, and that's probably the best and worst case scenario. I know it's the, both the same thing, but that's probably the best and worst case scenario for Villa because they need to turn around and this is the perfect time to do it. Yeah. But they're also in such a bad run of form, so you don't know how it's going to play out. I think Villa will win. I definitely think Villa will win, but it's how hard they make that. I saw a comment on YouTube saying, look, it's still two, two, uh, two defeats in 13 or something like that and said, stop the moaning. Is, can you look at Villa's recent run and go, okay, well, it is only two defeats in 13, or is this, is this defined as a bad run for Villa now? I think short-term people should be frustrated because yeah. um, there was a lot of optimism and that's been crushed, pretty much gone. Yeah. Um, for reasons why that's happened, you can probably look on the pitch and tactically, but you can also look at the regime change at Villa, how they're kind of moving away from yeah. paying the players who are there currently big sums of money. They're going to be shipping on a lot of that first team yeah. and that might be people you would expect to start every single game they might know that they're going so yeah, I saw your theory on Twitter and it's something that I had considered before, you, before I'd read it mm. so I'll put it up on screen but you basically said is it a possibility that the first team players playing no they won't be here next season because they're on high wages the contracts are running out and they think oh I'm not going to be here next season so I've sort of I'm on the beach ready is, is, that, a, is that a realistic thing to suggest of a, a professional footballer to do yeah, because I think they're they're only human, and as much as they probably love Aston Villa, like Maybe subconsciously, yeah, it can it can affect you subconsciously. It's like if you knew that your job was going, you would want to do the best, but are you actually doing the best? And yeah. I think that is a, that's a big question for everyone, really. <coughs> but uh, in terms of Aston Villa, if these players know that they're going, are their performance levels going to drop? And I think that's a fair question, and we haven't got the answer for that. Yeah. They probably don't. The players will say that they're doing their best. But subconsciously, those performance levels can drop and they will drop. Um, and that's just part and parcel of making the change that Villa have made. Yeah. If you're looking at the transfer rumours and people they're looking to bring in, you know, you're looking at the players who aren't performing well enough. They're getting going to get replaced by younger, cheaper players. Yeah. And they might think, hang on, but that's just footballism. That's yeah. being in the championship and... Villa's overheads are ridiculous. Prime example of that is Yannick Balassa, a player yeah. that went the first sort of, I don't know, five or six games under Smith and he was coming off the bench and I think he scored a couple and then he started a game mm. and it was like, okay, this is a player that we thought we were getting, tricky winger, obviously went to, to Everton for big money from Palace, a different player since then with injuries yeah. and stuff, but you still think should rip up the championship, should be too good for this league. And since then, you're paying a player seventy, eighty thousand pounds a week for what? What we weren't getting nothing from Balassie. Now he goes back to Everton, which apparently he cancelled the loan his his end. But whether that's to he knows he can get another move somewhere else or whatever, we don't know at this point of recording. If he he might be playing for another club by the time <laughs> yeah. this video comes out, but Villa won't get in the best value for money for that deal anyway. And then you bring back Andre Green, a player we actually own, play him because yeah. we're, we're mid-table in the Championship. We don't need players like Yannick Blassie and he won't be here next year. There was no chance of signing him. We won't be playing We won't be paying players 80k a week anymore until we get promoted. And even then, it's a, it should be a model of like Bournemouth are doing. I know they spend money now, but when they first came up, yeah. we, that should be what we should be looking to, to aspire to be now. So players like Yannick Blassie don't have a future at Villa Park anymore. Maybe the point of the move was for Everton and Blassie to just get him his minutes on the pitch and he yeah. has got them he's cancelled the move at the last possible opportunity he had to 
you know, I think he had the like, like the deadline was Sunday night, and apparently he sent the email Sunday night. Is the report, which I mean, typical, isn't it? It's, but, yeah. we re- but we record Andre Green before then, so whether yeah. we knew that was coming, I don't know. But it's almost like at first I was thinking, oh, well, we've recorded Green, so it was our decision. But then news comes out that it was his decision. I mean, who do you believe at that point? Yeah, I think it was his decision um, because I think if Villa did it, that that'd be stuck with his wage or something like that. There'd been a penalty or something. So you know. Part of me is fair play to him for, you know, at least, you know, he could have quit, quit, cut it on the 1st of January. Until he ends up at another, prim, uh, another <laughs> championship promotion club. He'll probably go to Middlesbrough because he was linked with them yeah. in the summer. But, I mean, if he thinks Middlesbrough have got a better chance of promotion and he'll play more games, then it's, it's, yeah. it's in his right to move on, isn't it? Absolutely. He's a lone player. Villa had no chance of signing him. They've paid his wage. And the unfortunate thing with his wage is his value is overvalued. He's a 6 or yeah. 7 out of 10 footballer, maybe an 8 on his day. You're not going to get that every week, and yeah. that's the worst thing that can happen with these players is when their value is inflated, because that's on them now. It's yeah. like your seventy grand, eighty grand. You need to perform to those. That's levels. not his fault. No, <laughs> yeah, it's it's it, it's odd because you look at him and you, he's judged more than players like a Doma or Green, yeah, because of his value, and that may not be his fault. He's just been given that because that's the way the Premier League is. To buy yeah. the only players you can buy are those six or seven out of ten players playing above above levels at Crystal Palace, yeah. paying thirty odd million for them and seventy grand when they're not worth that. Yeah. Enough of the Yannick Balassi <laughs> podcast. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the, the last game a little bit and how that affects the, the upcoming, even the last run of form. To be honest, so I was looking at the game the other day, and it's the old cliche is that you at least want the players to put the effort in you want them to show some desire a bit of passion I mean it's a classic cliche isn't it yeah. passion and, and fight and all that sort of stuff but when you see players like John McGinn and probably Tammy Abraham are the only two that are considered to be putting it in at the moment like a clip I saw earlier Tammy Abraham's dropping deep and pointing to players like Belassi oh mm. you do this you do that it's like this guy's 21 he's on loan and if, if Wolves had put up the money for him a couple of weeks ago he wouldn't be here as a player like him, he's, he's almost like a captain in himself where he's putting the effort in. John McGinn is, I mean, I don't think he's at his best of what we've seen early season, but he's putting it in, he's covering every blade of grass. If I was playing next to those players, I mean, I'm not a footballer, so maybe this doesn't apply, I'd be thinking, I'm, I should be ashamed of my performance next to this. Because he's putting in, I don't know what the numbers are for, for yeah. uh, miles per game. But if he's putting in 10 miles a game, I should be doing that because we're a team, we're a collective, we should all be showing the same effort. If he can do it, we can do it. And I look at other players, and I'm thinking, are they putting in 100%? Say you don't like a player. He's never going to impress you unless he massively overperforms. There's people out there who just don't like Hodger. They just don't like him. And for them, unless he's scoring, he's not doing enough. He's lazy. Yeah, he's lazy, which, you know, probably isn't actually true. But because people have this unconscious bias or... You know, bias towards players they may not appreciate. They're always going to think yeah. it's like Glenn Whelan. You know, if he makes a mistake, that is highlighted. Yeah. Whereas if maybe Hurahan or McGinn made that mistake, and McGinn makes a lot of mistakes. That's were, you, were you at the game the other day? Mm-hmm. Did you see that it came out to McGinn and he smashed it for like the volley or whatever for yeah. like thirty-five yards, and it blazed into the whole end. And after it, everyone's chanting his name. And I was thinking, if that was Horahan or Wheeler it, yeah. or Codger it'd have been whoa what are you doing what are you doing but because McGinn's I, mean, I like McGinn I'm, I'm not sort of saying this to say oh yeah he deserves abuse as yeah. well because no one deserves any sort of abuse but because he scored a worldie a few weeks back or a few months back he can get away with that and everyone goes oh okay John come on super John McGinn and all that if that was another player 
that have been given powers for that. I think he has earned the you know that platform and that privilege to not be criticised almost because of his performances. Yeah. But I think it's quite you know you have players who'll come on for a performance and they'll just be run over. Yeah. Like, I think it happens to Glenn Wheeler more often than not. But you know, like players like that take a lot of criticism and sometimes it's warranted a lot of the yeah. time it's warranted yeah, yeah, yeah. but most of the time it's not and i think you know when you're looking at people who pull it put in put in a hundred percent effort i don't think that's something we can define in in certain situations they aren't doing enough for their teammate i think kalinich let danny's defense yeah. on hall against hall with that first shot he should have covered it because yeah. his defense were running ragged trying to help you know stop the opportunity and they took one like tame shot from outside the box which is like the worst shot to take and it yeah. went in they got a finger to it as well and then for a big guy you think well, if he's getting a finger to that and he's uh, six foot five or whatever was that mean his starting position wasn't right because yeah. he's only reaching that because he's so big if he was a two inches to the left he gets a hand to it and he probably saves it so you look at it and go should he be saving stuff like that and then you're one nil down two nil down eventually you get back into it and draw the game two two which mm. is a, i mean at two nil down you obviously take a point but that's and hollow, hollow in form but you look at individual moments and go that goal probably shouldn't even go in and then the whole game is potentially different then yeah the first goal should absolutely that should have been covered because it was the worst possible shooting opportunity that Hall could have been yeah, had. It was near post as well. Yeah, it was near post from barely outside the box. And yeah. his defence, like a lot of people, singled out Neil Taylor for that. But James Chester had two men on him. What's he meant? Is he, yeah. he left Bowen unmarked, but if you leave James Chester without help, they just play around him and they get a better shooting opportunity. They yeah. gave Hall the worst possible chance to score and Hall still scored. But again, later in the game, Kalinic wasn't helped out by his defence. Yeah. He ran straight into Neil Taylor, who probably shouldn't have been in there, and Neil Taylor had a chance to clear, and he, he wasn't able to. So it's, it swings and roundabouts, but I think they need to look at each other and look at the unit and probably not separate themselves so much. Yeah. I think you've, you've really got to pull the individual errors and, and scrap them. When Dean Smith first came in, I remember Dan talking about it, I remember other people talking about, you've got to give him time, he won't be able to get his playing style up in straight away. It might take a few weeks or months until we see some sort of fruits of his labour. But obviously because we started so well, I feel like that's affected how we're assessing it. Because if you, on paper, right, you'd have come into Middlesbrough away, Derby away, games like that and going, oh, Villa have got no chance here. It's a tough away game. They managed to be on both. I mean, you'd drop points at Wigan, Preston, Wig, uh, Preston QPR, Hull. Yeah. And you Sorry. think, and you look at those and think games they probably you would have won. So are we just middling out and being average that if we'd have lost to Derby and Middlesbrough and beat Wigan and QPR, we'd still be the same position anyway? It's very fair to criticise Villa at the moment. I think they are they are playing pretty badly yeah. and they're losing games pretty much down to individual errors. Like they, and I'm, not, I'm not excusing yeah. the, the, the recent form as going, oh, well, we can just forget yeah, about it because we beat Derby and Middlesbrough. I'm not, I'm not saying that. It's just that if those games hadn't have happened and we'd have won the last couple, we'd still be the same position in the table anyway. And people pro might not have been judging so harshly. It's just that this, this, this last run of games since sort of middle December has been poor. It has, yeah. Um, would you have rather beat Leeds and lost to Swansea? Oh yeah, exactly. It's, 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 it evens out, doesn't it? Yeah, and um, Villa beat Swansea when they probably shouldn't have. And they lost to Leeds when they probably shouldn't have. They were 2-0 up. They shouldn't have lost that game, um, but they did, and here we are. Um, I think they've taken, a, they've taken a few heavy blows. That Wigan loss is probably the worst thing that could have happened. Yeah. Absolutely. It's away from home. It was up north. It was in pretty rubbishy conditions, and Villa, um, Wigan went at them. Yeah. Um, they had a lot of luck go their way, but they also made their own luck, and I think that's really hit Villa quite hard because 
We were look, rubbish before that, though. Yeah, we were. We have been bad this season. We can't ignore the fact that look, we played Sheffield United are an incredible team this season. They play really good football, and they're a unit. Yeah. Um, they'll probably, if not, if not going up top, they'll be up there with Leeds. Definitely, no, no doubt in my mind. And we got smashed by them. Yeah. We got ruined by them in They're a good team, so you can excuse that. Going to Wigan, who hadn't who'd scored three goals in December, and they scored three goals on the day, that shouldn't be happening. I find it, it's it's rough because you again, it's like you can explain it away. You can go, oh, we beat all these teams, and it was the same players, and then we hit this massive run of form. It's like it's really confusing, and to be honest, I don't have the answer for it. But that's the thing because yeah. everyone was happy to say give Dean Smith a few months, give him yeah. the season right off this season, give him three transfer windows. Now, all of a sudden, we haven't won at home since, I think, back, uh, Birmingham was the last home game we won. And people are going, Dean Smith's not good enough, get rid of him. Well, this is the time that he needed, that everyone was willing to give him. When he yeah. joined in October, everyone was saying, yeah, this is fine, right off the season. And we started well, fell off, and people are only saying now he's not, he's not good enough because of that last period. When we were beating Derby in Middlesbrough, everyone was going, this guy's amazing. Well, um, I work with a Hall fan. And I come into work, and you know there, there wasn't much like banter about it because it's, it's two-two, and we both probably should have won. Yeah. Both probably had moments where we deserved to lose. And he was saying, "I couldn't believe that you were booing your own team at half-time," and I, like I don't like that. And I think something struck out to me. But there was a bloke free. We were two 0 down. There was a bloke free rows um, in front of me or four, waving his season ticket. And I, the last time I at saw, half-time. yeah, half-time. And I think. Look, I think everyone is right to criticise Villa, but matches only finish at 90 minutes. Yeah, you know. Yeah, they do, but you, if, you know, Villa didn't lose 2-1, they drew 2-2, two, two, and they've come back, you know, on the face of it, if you ignore the wider context, to come back from 2-0 down in really difficult circumstances, that's incredible. And that against should, the team in form. Yeah, against the form team in the Championship, one of the best teams in form in Europe. Yeah. You know, I think they were second under Ajax, that's crazy. Yeah. Man United, up there with Man United there's a team you know people say oh it's Hull but it's a, it's a Hull who have won six games on the bounce including Leeds yeah. and I think booing at half time went on I think you look do you pay money to win or do you pay money to watch Villa and I think that's a question we need to answer well everyone's obviously got the right to do whatever yeah, they absolutely. want because this channel yeah. is based on us talking here yeah. and saying what we want fans come and speak and say what they want I've got no you know, if you want to chuck your season ticket and boot half time you do that yeah, go I, I wouldn't do that because I feel like the players know at half time those players aren't, aren't walking off the pitch here in the booth and going oh I thought we were doing alright yeah, they will they, know they yeah. will know they've not performed they will know that this run that we're on since December or whatever has not been good enough and players will, should be looking at themselves and going yeah I need to do more here we as a unit need to do more. We need to put the work in on the training ground and perform. It's whether they and the, the staff, because the staff aren't exempt from this as well, yeah. that they've got to take responsibility. It's whether they can put that right and put some sort of run together, whether that's enough to get into playoffs for us to go up this year or not, or whether it's just a momentum thing to, to give us a, a good end to the season, something to, ch to cheer about, something to take into next year. They've got to put something together so we've got some sign of this is the right system and the right setup, but that's going to take time. Like everyone was willing to give in October, time was allowed then. Is it three months later in January and all of a sudden it's, oh no, this isn't allowed? Let's talk about the, uh, the Ipswich game. So if you look at the league table and their recent record, if ever there was a good team to play at oh, Villa Park, don't it's that. Ipswich Town, but 
as we often know in football, no, those those kind of things don't go hand in hand. Jordan Barry's going to just. Jordan Barry playing for nobody's going to come down in like a Superman costume and land in the pitch, and uh, he's, he's going to score the winner. I mean, they've got in, big in, Simon. In, they've got big Simon Dawkins. Oh yeah, Obviously yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah. he was at Villa Park. Yeah. Oh man, I, I just dread Saturday. I'm absolutely dread. You dreading it because it's like Lambert. Just Lambert, and you just you could if you're going to put put if, you, if you're going to put a, a, you know a house on something like a bet. Put your house in Villa getting beaten one 0 Surely we've, this, this has got to be the one we win. If we don't win this, we have to be. Sweet John Saturday. I'm done. If, 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 if we don't win Saturday, I'm done. What do you mean? Never going to come on the podcast again? Until Reading. Um, you do, yeah, you don't until the week after when we're going to Reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I honestly can't call it, Dan. I can't. James Collins returning as well. <laughs> oh. I put it infiltrator. Yeah, been trying with us all season. I know. You might know all our best plans. I know. I know. What do you think of that? I don't know, man. I just I don't know what to say. I just I can I mean, just. You're on a podcast I, I know, I know, I know. But you know, man, I'm just like, just I'm just as I'm speaking, I'm just like visualizing, I'm visualizing the game and visualizing how it's going to go. Yeah. Um, this should be the one, as you said. You know, we've we've got a good record. I mean, against we couldn't against ask Switch. for a kinder fixture. No, no. But I thought that uh, I thought Wigan would be a kind fixture to us. I mean, it's a why though. Although Doesn't we've been matter. better away, so actually, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say that it's going to click. I think we'll get beat one 0 from a set piece, and it'll just be Lambert in a in a tracksuit, in an in an Ipswich tracksuit with PL on it, just running around giving it stacks. And that and he'll, and he'll love it, and that'll be it. He'll love the press conference and talking about Villa yeah, and that'll be his that'll be his little five minutes of fame for, for Ipswich, and they'll, and they'll go down, and he'll leave, and that'll be it. But they'll but they'll beat us. He beat us with Wolves, didn't he? One nil. He did. He loved yeah. it. What change would you make? Unless we get well. Current, uh, current, current. Yeah, yeah well, we've got well, You have to go Kalnitz. You'd have to go Chester, Elphick. I'd bring Bree back into the team and play. Do you think Bree was injured because he wasn't in the eighteen? I don't know what happened there. There was no sort of there was no mumblings of him being injured. No. So I'd bring him back in. Um, I'd keep Taylor at left back because he's the only left back we have at the club. Um, and I, I would go. I'm asking what you think we'll do. By the way, not what you do. I think we'll do. I think we'll probably just go on chains. I think we'll probably. Well, Barbalassi, I think we'll put Abraham to the left, Kodja to, to the right, and the rest will. Th- I think I think he'll bring Bree back in. So Bree will come in at Doma you know, to the you, left, you and Kodja will come in. So you don't think Green will come in for Balassa? No, I think it'll be a Doma. Well, Doma was playing anyway. But Kodja, sorry, Kodja on the right, and Doma on the left. Swap. Yeah. Yeah, I can see where you're going with that. I could see, I could see you thinking just behind with Adama's work rate as well. Um, he tracks back more. He's. I pick Adama every week at the moment on the wingers. Yeah. Give me a choice of those with those wingers. I mean, Adama plays. It's difficult. I just wish I could make sense of, of what I'm seeing, but we must emphasise again that we both really, really think Dean Smith's the right man. Oh, there's no way. There's no way he'll get a push at any point this completely. season. He will completely. be here next season. Yeah, yeah, Dean yeah, Smith. Yeah. 100%. Whether players are or not is in one thing. But Dean Smith will be here. Hundred percent. If I had to press you for a score prediction, one another switch. Oh come on, man. don't be sitting there. Come on, you're making me what feel glum. Well, that's but that's that's uh, what I had. one another switch. Three one Villa. Why? Yeah, what, first. What are you based not on? The the second half performance. I'm hoping Jack's going to be back. Well, I'm putting all my eggs in that basket. That the Jack's going to be back, and we're going to be galvanised. Sports Social Podcast Network. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a US-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. 
Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware.